0: As you have the nature of joy, you vote to be rejoicing. But you see, it's not enough to have the nature. You must put your nature to work. Now, because God already promised that he's going to give with us in his world, to the end of days, we have no cause to sad. We have every cause to rejoice. The number one thing you must pray, is God's voice. God must be able to speak to you at all times. A believer must be in alignment with God. A believer must be able to decode God. Now, if God doesn't just give the word sometimes, he gives instructions. Those instructions are like strategy. Don't just receive the promise in your heart, also receive the process. Now, I want to start a series which I call, um, Functioning and Fulfilling God's Purpose. Functioning and Fulfilling God's Purpose. So I want to start um, this first message which I call, "Madly Madly Madly Thinking of You. Madly Thinking of You. Madly Thinking of You. Madly. Yes, you heard me right. Yeah, mad, mad, mad. Madly thinking of you. Now, um, the word madly there is not as in insane. It's just like uncontrollably thinking of you. Unrepentantly thinking of you. That is what it means. And then, who is thinking of you? I'm talking about God. I mean, it's as simple as that. He's thinking of you. Now I want to lay a foundation that will help us to be able to appreciate what God's purpose is all about. Alright? Now you remember the, from creation God you know, created everything in Genesis chapter 1 let there be light, that's wisdom that's instruction that's insight um, with which every other creation will come. That's, that's, that's referred to Jesus right there. Because that light is not talking about moonlight, it's not talking about sunlight. Bible says that Jesus is the light. And when we follow him, we will not walk in darkness. He says he's the true light. First John chapter 1 verse 7 is the true light. And then in him there is no darkness at all. First John chapter 1 verse um, 5 or 7 thereabout. Now, Jesus is the light and then Bible says, Let there be light, you see. And then, after that, he started creating things. He created plants, created animals, created the sea, the farmaments, everything. But, you see, when he gets to verse 26, he said, Let's make man in our image after our likeness. Um, and then he says that, Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, so... Human being um, happens to be the a special, uh, you know, the captain of every other creation, the ultimate of all the creation. Now, he created human beings to be a co creator with him. Now, he created and rested and then handed over the creation into the hands of human beings. You see. Now, but you see, because that investment in human being is said, let's make man, let us make man in our image. Now, the light that they first spoke about, Jesus was present, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep, if you read from verse 1-2, and then God himself, the Papa God. So, when he says, let us create man in our image and and according to our likeness, so is the Papa God and then God the Son and God the Spirit. And that's why Bible refers to Jesus Christ. It said, through him, by him, and for him all things were made. Nothing was made that was made that was made without him. He in the beginning was the world. So it was the world that was declared as the light. That's John chapter 1, 1 to 2 or 3 the thereabout. Now, I just I have to establish that so that we can understand um, where um, coming from so that when i talk so he created human being like him he didn't create animal like him he didn't create plants like him he didn't create lights moon and sunlight like him it's only human being he created like him and he said let him be built to have dominion over everything we created not to dominate one another but to have dominion over everything we created now there is so much sense in this because if you check chapter two, chapter two of Genesis, Bible says male and female he created them in chapter one verse twenty-eight, and Bible says he blessed them. He said, be fruitful, multiply, you know, um, subdue the earth, um, replenish, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over everything. So in chapter two, in chapter two, Bible says that nothing has taken place really. You see. And then he said, when everything finished, and then verse 7. Let's go to verse 7. Let's see what happens in verse 7. Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Her man became a living being. A living being. So, you know, he wasn't a living being before. He created, in chapter 1, it was female and male he created. And they were spirits. You see? now he breathed he released that, that spirit into the earth that he has used to form man and then he became a living being glory to Jesus so man was a very special work of God different from every other creation he created man to think like him he created man to reason like him he created man to walk like him He created man to see things like him. He created man to have the same perspective as him. He created man to dominate, all right, the earth, to dominate the earth. And I want you to know that he's not just going to, you know, as a matter of fact, you know what happened in chapter 3, you know, devil came in and deceived Eve, and then they fell. And, um, you know, since then, God has been looking for a way to restore man and he. all the way. They sent them out of the Garden of Eden. You know all those stories. But you see, the investment of God in man is so enormous that God is not going to, I mean, wasn't ready to lose that investment because that's, that's, that's who look like him. That's who talk like him. That's who work like him. That's who reason like him. That's who, you know, could be wise like him. That's who, who creates like him. Everything the devil wanted, you know, that made him to exert his own throne and wanted to be, you know, in control of things, was invested in man. And that is one of the reasons why devil hated man. The angels, God got to the point, the angels, what is man that thou art be mindful of him? Now, another way to talk about, or another way to really express or to, to describe, madly thinking of you, is God being mindful of you. Now, I want you to know that God is mindful of you, your special work of heart, your special work of creation, rather. And you are a product of God's intelligence. If you read Psalm 8, verse 2 to 8, Psalm 8, verse 2, Psalm 8, verse 2. The Bible says, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. And the avenger Verse 3 When I consider your heavens The work of your fingers The moon and the stars Which you have ordained What is man that you are mindful of him What is man that you are always engrossed You know of him What is man that you are always giving him attention You created all kinds of things But it looks like your focus is on the man And the son of man that you visit him for you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor now this is a messianic psalm and if we read it in the hebrew the same thing it was quoted i mean apostle paul wrote to the hebrews and he quoted this place but i wanted to take note of certain things here he said you always think of man He's talking about God. You always think of man. You don't think about moon. You don't think about sun. You don't think about ocean. You don't think about any other thing you created, animals and plants, is man. Something must be very unique about that man. Look at what he says. And you don't just think of him. You also visit him. You visit him. So that means God has a longing. The reason why he made man to be in his image and his likeness is to be able to participate together, to be able to reason, to be able to work together to be able to fellowship together, to be one with man, you see. And they say, for you made him a little lower than the angels. He's talking about, you made man so powerful that the Elohim, the word angels there is Elohim, the plural word for God. Elohim, the plural word for God. That means God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You made him a little lower than God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And look at it and say, you have crowned him with glory and honor. Look at all the things that God did for man. Now we can say it's messianic now. In Hebrew, it's clear that he was talking about Jesus. But you see, if you read it in Hebrew, and Jesus said, this is someone, that's what God did for man. You get that. But Jesus had to come in this likeness as well, to come and rescue man and restore us. Verse 8. Let's read verse 6 of this place. Verse 6. Verse 6 says, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands can you imagine god did the work and if god puts man in charge of the work the works of your hand you have put all things under his feet all things all sheep and oxen even the beasts of the field the balls of the hair and the fish of the sea that pass through the parts of the seas Oh Lord, our, our Lord! How excellent is your name, on in all! The earth. Let's quickly look at Hebrew. Hebrew. I want to read from verse two, chapter two, from verse um, chapter two, from verse. Um, let's cut the time. Uh, let's say from verse five. Let's see what is happening. In verse five. Bible says, "For he has not put the words to come in which we speak in subjection to angels." Yes. And he says, but one testifying in certain place, saying, what is man that you are mindful of him, that you always think about him, you are madly in love with him. Or the son of man that you take care of him, you see, but that you take care of him. You have made him a, a little lower than the angels, you have crowned him with glory and honor, and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all the things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in Subjection under him, he left nothing That is not put under him But now we do not see all all Things put under him Verse 9 He said, but we see Jesus You see, who was made a little lower Than the angels for the suffering of death Crowned with glory and honor That he by the grace of God Might taste death for everyone So you see now, the dimension Of this You know, um Revelation. God actually wanted man to operate in glory and honor. Now look at the next verse. And Jesus tasted the death for everybody in order to restore every man, all right, into that supernatural life, into that spiritual tone that Jesus that God said. Look at it, it said for it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, talking about Jesus, all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through all suffering. So he has brought us to glory. You see, Jesus, when he died, was a perfect sacrifice. You see, They tried to get, to get into relationship with God, fellowship with God, into that you know, um, image and likeness of God. They couldn't since Adam lost that authority and he fell. I mean, the blood of bulls, the blood of goats couldn't be a perfect sacrifice. So Jesus had to come in the likeness of man and died, you see, in order to restore us. Now he has brought us to glory. Glory to Jesus. Somebody say, I'm brought to glory. I'm brought to honor. I'm decorated with honor. I'm full of glory. I'm excellent. I'm full of glory. Glory to Jesus. You remember that conference? I'm excellent. I'm full of glory glory to jesus now in order for you to know let's go back to old testament you know how god so much madly in love with man and that he called man and then gave everything on the earth to man psalm 115 i want us to see something in psalm 115 fantastic scripture psalm 115 i want to read from verse 12 from verse 12 Bible says in verse 12, the Lord has been mindful of us. This is powerful. The Lord has been thinking so kind of us, so kindly of us. The Lord has been so madly in love with us, so mindful, so concerned, so in love with us. Look at it. He will bless us. Now, this is Old Testament, but in the New Testament, you know, it's not a will he has blessed us. Now, if we are to read it now with the New Testament Holy Ghost mind or sense or lens, we are to see this place as the Lord has been mindful of us. He has blessed us. You know, because He's thinking of us, He has blessed us. Because He's thinking of us, He has blessed us. The Bible says He has blessed, he's blessed He will bless the house of Israel, which He has done. He will bless the house of Heron, the priesthood. Yes. And the Bible says in verse 13, he will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. We fear the Lord. We honor the Lord. We reference him. Are you getting what I'm saying? We obey him. We recognize him. Verse 14. The Bible says, May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. So that means because he's mindful of us, he has blessed us. He has blessed us with increase. He has blessed us with increase. Yes, verse 15. Bible says, May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. We are blessed. Glory to God. We are blessed. Bible says, Causes it as hung on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. We are blessed. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Glory to God. Now verse 16. It's getting deeper now. You see it? The heaven. Now listen. Let's 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 read this together. If you can read it loud and clear, wherever you're reading from. Your country, your room, your, your sitting room, your office, anywhere. Let's read it loud and clear together. The heaven, even the heaven are the lords. But the earth he has given to the children of men. The earth he has given to the children of men. Glory to God. The earth he has given to the children of of Glory to God. So now, look at it. He has given us the earth. The Bible says the heaven, even the heavens are the lords. But the earth he has given to the children of men. Glory to God. So, you know, that's very important. And, um, you know, I'd like you to um, take note of that because um, God already gave us the earth. If you are now in Christ, he has given you the earth. Bible says, the earth, the, earth, the earth belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's. Psalm 24 verse 1. Let's look at that scripture. Psalm 24 verse 1. The earth is the Lord's, and all its fullness, the world, and those who dwell therein. The earth, the terraformer, is the Lord's, and all its fullness, the commercial activities... Everything, the world, the aeon, the world, and those who dwell therein. Everything belongs to the Lord. Even Satan, everything belongs to the Lord. So now, by the virtue of being born again, now being translated from the kingdom of darkness into Christ, we now in ownership. We are in ownership of the earth. We are in ownership. We are in charge. We are in dominion. For this He has done for the children of man. Glory to God. So now, but not men, not all men can walk in that dimension because you have to be supernatural. You have to belong to Christ to live that kind of life. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I want to show you something. Um, God is mindful of us, and let me give you some points that will help us. You know, I have close like about ten points here that will help you. Now, for you to know that God is thinking of you, because of that, He made you specially. The Bible says he made us fearfully and wonderfully. I want Psalm 139, 13 to 18. Psalm 139, 13 to 18. And I want the TPT version. But let's first read NKJV. Now, when you read NKJV, you enjoy it. But you enjoy it much more when you read the TPT version, the person translation version. Now he said, for you found my inward parts. This is David talking to God. Now, David would have understood this if he wasn't in a deeper fellowship with God. He was worshipping God, opened, up, opened his eyes, you know, prophesied about Messiah, you know, and knew a lot of deep things. He lived the life of New Testament in the Old Testament. Look at it. He's a man after God's heart. He was a man after God's heart. For you found my inward part; you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Can you see that? Fear. You see, I am made fear. The word fear is F-E-A-R. F-E-A-R. Not F-A-I-R. Not that you are fear complexion. No, that's not what it's talking about. Fearfully. That means God was extra careful. Fearfully and wonderfully made. So what wonderful means, you are full of wonders. So God was careful to make you, and then He now made you full of wonders. You know, Bible says in Isaiah 8, it says, I and the children that the Lord has given unto me, we are for signs and wonders. We are for signs and wonders. You can say that to yourself, say I'm for signs and wonders. Now, because God loves you, He made you special. He made you unique. He made you, you know, fearfully and wonderfully. You see that see wonderful of wonders i mean people might not see good things about you there are a lot of good things about you and i don't want you to stop saying good things about you you might be you know um look at rea who could have believed that Rhea would eventually be in the lineage of jesus she was an allot. now regardless of the mistake you have made where you've been and all the terrible things you've done you see there are so many good things about you you might have been rejected by your family You might be hated by your friends, you might be rejected, probably your company sacked, or failed, or whatever. It is not over with you. I don't want you to give up about yourself. I don't want you to give up on yourself. God is not giving up on you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Things you have tried might not be working. Um, You might have probably been a failure. You might have probably, you know, passed through things, passed through fire, passed through hell, passed through... All kinds of things, and then it looks like everything is gone. My friend, don't give up on yourself. God is not giving up on you. There are so many good things about you. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. You see that? Marvelous are your works. So we are God's work. And that my soul knows very well, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest part of the F, I was carefully wrought, I was carefully put together. Can you see that? Verse 16 now. The Bible says, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. So you were called for a purpose. So you came in a volume of book, written of you, that days fashioned for me. The days are fashioned for you. You were not fashioned for the days. Can you see that? Now, this is where people, some people get it wrong and then they take a day like a Sabbath and turn it like a, you know, a special day. All days are made for you. All days for believers are Sabbath. All days. Now, look at it. Now, when as yet there were none of them, how precious also are your thoughts to me. Oh God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they will be more in number than the sand. When I wake, I am still with you. How, so, see what he says. He said, How precious also are your thoughts to me. So God is so much thinking about you. How precious. The thoughts are so precious. You know, I remember I was telling Jeremiah, he said, The thought I think towards you, you know, speaking through Jeremiah to the nation of Israel, the, what? the thought I think towards you, the thought of peace, They are not of evil, they are not of wickedness, to give you a future and a hope. So God thinks constantly concerning you, concerning me. Can you see that? If he thinks like that towards every sinner, you can imagine what he thinks towards his children. Now, he said, how precious are those thoughts? Oh God, how great is the sum of them? Can you imagine? If I should count them, they will be more in number than the sand. So, you can imagine, God even thinks so much of us than we think of ourselves. You see, they are more than the sun. When I awake, I am still with you. Glory to God. Now, let me stop here. If you can, if you get TPT, can you give me TPT? TPT is going to, you know, the Passion Translation is going to make it more homely and more modern, more contemporary. You form my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside. And my intricate outside, can you see that? My delicate inside and my intricate outside, every detail, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. Can you see? Now the medical scientists are still trying to imagine. I mean, there are so many things that yet to discover about our anatomical um, and physiological, you know, bodies. Are uh, you get what I'm saying? There are so many things, and I believe that God wants to take us deeper. Um, in in understanding of these things, innermost being shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside. Next verse, the Bible says, I thank you God for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. Ah, everything God did for you is breathtaking. Can you imagine? Everything God did for you, mysteriously complex. It made you so, you know, you are supposed to be evolving. Nobody's supposed to know details of your destiny, details of your involvement, details of your future, except God. He made you mysteriously complex. He said, Everything you do is myst- marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. Yes? Nesva. And he says, you even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place carefully. Can you see that? I created me carefully, skillfully. You shaped me from nothing to something. So, so you, it was, you came from nothing. And God shaped you and made you someone. Made you something. Made you someone in Christ. You see that? Verse 16. Now, I said, You saw who you created me to be. Before I became me, before I will ever see the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. God already planned your numbers of days. I have an idea. You know, I know my numbers of days. Glory to God. <laughs> you see, and if it's not concluded, if I don't reach that age, I'm not going anywhere. Now, look at it. He says, you saw who you created me to be before I became me. You see that. You know, he said they were recorded in verse 17. Now, he said, every single moment you are thinking of me. I love that. Every single moment. Now, you see, God thinks, you know, God has capacity. It's not like, it's not limited like a human being. He has a capacity to think simultaneously about so many things, billions of things. At the same time, every single moment you are thinking of me. It's not saying you are thinking of us as a group. Individually. Individually. And as you are thinking of me, it's thinking of you, it's thinking of you, it's thinking of you, it's thinking of every one of us at every single moment. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. I love that. Ah, this is another message for you today. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Glory! I love that. You see, he knows I have weaknesses. He knows. I, he, know, he knows. All those things you blame yourself for, you're regretful of, you are sad about, you, you know, he knows them. He thinks of how you can be better. He supplies strength. You know, he told Paul, you know, the apostle, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, in that your weakness, my strength is perfected. Glory to God. Look at it. He said, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you are still with me. Can you see that? Lord is the God. I love that. I, I know by now you should be, you know, don't look beyond your mistake. Look beyond your background. Look beyond, you know, who your parents are. Look beyond what happened, circumstances around your birth. Look beyond the school you went to. Look beyond the kind of friends that disappointed you. The ones that, you know, exposed you. Look beyond things happening around you. See a bigger picture. God loves you. God is madly thinking of you. God is madly thinking of you. Madly now, meaning uncontrollably and unrepentantly thinking of you. Glory to God. And that is why He saved you by grace. You see. Now that moves me to the next point. He saved you by grace. Ephesians chapter two, verse ten. If you read it from verse one, it talks about how you were, you know, disobedient, under the element of this world, alienated, and blah blah, and then you were saved by grace through you are saved by grace through faith. Now, but you see, he he wrote to believers, Paul wrote to believers about them, he told them, he said, Not of works. In verse ten he says, For we are his workmanship. We more it's a small workmanship. It said, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And this is what I want you to take note. Jesus, God already prepared it beforehand. Before you ever came on the scene. Can you see that? Can you give me that Amplified version of this? I love Amplified version. I always read Amplified. Look at what Amplified says. He said, for we are God's own handiwork. That's why samuel says, when I considered your work, ah, it was... A, it was breathtaking. It's breathtaking. Are you getting what I'm saying? We are God's handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those things, those good works which God predestined, predestined, planned beforehand for us. Can you see? He has done it before. Taking part which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. Living the good life which he prearranged, made ready for us to live glory to God. So can you see? This is purpose. This is, this is, you know, this is God already designed our life, already prepared our life, already completed our life, already finished our life, already decorated our life, and now come to commission us to live that life. And that's why he gave us the manuscripts that will guide us. He gave us his spirit that will instruct us glory to god what a journey of purpose and one of the fourth thing i want you to know is that god is mildly madly thinking of you he's not thinking of your mistakes he's not thinking of the you know terrible things you've done He's not thinking of your sin he's blotted them away by the blood of jesus blotted them out and he has forgiven you glory to god now you have to focus don't let devil remind you of your past don't let devil remind you of your sin full lifestyle in the past Don't let them remind you of your weaknesses now or the challenges you are facing. You know, you are just focused. Look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith. Now, I have a few points to just read to you that is very important. If you check Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, the Bible says you are already chosen before the foundation of the world and you are accepted in the beloved. Glory to Jesus. You are accepted in the beloved. So now because, you know, he's mindly thinking of you, he made ready a salvation by grace and you believe you were saved you see now then he now accepted you in the beloved you were accepted in the beloved glory to God you see that's in the book of Ephesians I love that you know I love that glory to God look at it now if you read to verse 5 let's read verse 5 it says having predestined us to adoption as sons of as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the gospel According to the good pleasure of his will, verse 6, I said, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the blood. We are not struggling to be accepted. We are not going to be accepted by works or by sacrifices. He has accepted us by the sacrifice of Jesus. The shedding of his blood, the atonement, the remission of sins taking place. It took place. Accepted in the beloved You can say to yourself You can write it You can type it I'm accepted in the beloved Glory to God You see Now I mean You don't have to worry about a thing Because God Is thinking of you God knows that you have a need If you read Matthew 6:25 to 33 He said don't bother yourself about Shelter About accommodation About what you wear About what you eat About what you drink Most of the things that disturb men He said but look seek first the kingdom of god which you have sought and now you are in the kingdom and then you still continue to seek the kingdom you are seeking everything that is in his heart and every other thing that you need accommodation mobility good job good marriage good kids good spouse everything will be added unto you glory to god glory to god now because he's madly thinking of you our uh, god is your father and then you can take whatever you desire you can ask him and he's not wicked he's not going to look at your past to judge your present. he's not going to look at your past to judge your present he's not going to look at the weaknesses and the struggle of your presence to judge your future you see that in matthew chapter 7 if you read from verse 7 to 10 he said either ask receive the sick you know find is a knock the door is open unto them and he said, How many of you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children? You know, and then you give good gifts to them when they ask for bread. You don't give them serpent, you don't give them stone. He said, How much more your heavenly father? So God is not wicked, he's, mildly, he's madly thinking of you. And God already blessed us. I want you to say that to yourself. That's another point. Because he's madly thinking of us, he already blessed me in Christ. He already blessed you, like we read. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. Galatians chapter 3, 13 to 14. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. Bible says that we are redeemed. Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, having become a cause for us, for it is written, cause is everyone who hangs on the tree. You see that. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, you say, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We are blessed. Somebody say, blessed. Someone say, Blessed. Say, I am blessed. Say, I am blessed in Christ Jesus. I am blessed in Christ Jesus. Philemon chapter six, verse 6. That's only one chapter. Philemon verse 6. Philemon verse 6. Philemon said that the communication, that the sharing of your faith or the communication of your faith may become effective or effectual by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. There are so many good things in you. In christ jesus which we have to acknowledge so god has blessed us god has blessed us because he's madly thinking of us another point is that you have escaped every temptation you have escaped every temptation because he's madly thinking of us he's not going to abandon us in temptation according to first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 you know he said there is no such temptation no temptation has overtaken you as such as is common to man but god is faithful because he's madly thinking of us, because he's thoughtful of us. We are always in his mind. He is constantly thinking of us. He is ever faithful to us. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation with will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Can you see that? That you may be able to bear it. He is the one that made the way of escape, and you'll be able to bear it. That's first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Because it's madly thinking of us. Because it's madly thinking of us. You know, you have inherited all of Christ's will. We. Have, we, we have inheritance in Christ. Because it's madly thinking of us. I mean, he couldn't just created us as sons. You know, I mean, there is inheritance for us. Even Psalmist saw this in Psalm, Psalm, you know, Psalm 16 verse um, 11. Psalm 16 verse 11. Let, let's read from verse 5. You know, let's read from verse 5. Verse 5. Let's see from verse 5. It says, oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. Can you see that? And even in the whole text, it said, lions are falling unto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Can you see that? I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel, my heart instructs me in the night season. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Glory to God so you have inheritance in god acts chapter 20 verse 32 he said i commend you unto god and to the word of his grace which is able to build you and give you inheritance among those who are sanctified or among the saints acts chapter 20 verse 32 Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15 to 16. he was talking about jesus christ as the testator and it says that the covenant, the will of a testator or the covenant or testament of a testator cannot be enforced. until the testator has died. You can't share the will of your father or you can't share your father's property where your father is still alive. You allow your father to go. I know there are many people who are praying that their parents or grandparents should go so that they can lay hold on their property. My friend, go and face your personal work. That should be an addition. So whatever you are doing by yourself, are you getting on say, but in Christ we have inheritance which Christ left for us? Look at it, and for this reason, He is the mediator of the new covenant. For what reason? Because He's the one that offered Himself once and for all for our sin. You know, every year they would take bull, they would take goats, and then without blemish, and then sacrifice, and then it would be sent into the bush. Jesus Christ was sent into the wilderness. He was a lamb that was slain, a lamb without blemish. Glory to Jesus! And then Bible says, for that reason, once and for all, He destroyed death. Once and for all, He overcame sin. Once and for all, He freed us from the wrath of the Lord. Look at it. And for this reason, is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. So, our inheritance is eternal. Glory to Jesus. Everyone is part of it. Verse 17. Verse 17. It says, for a testament is is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. So Jesus Christ died. You see, that's why the apostle couldn't move into those dimensions. That they now started operating in when he resurrected. Are you getting what I'm saying? Thank God he died and we got the inheritance. Somebody say, I have inheritance. In the name of Jesus, I am blessed and I have inheritance. He has called me for a purpose. Now, let me just give you two more. Now, because he's madly thinking of us, he has given us himself as wisdom. He has made himself available to us in terms of provision of revelation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 If you start reading from verse 1 He said I don't want to know anything among you Except Christ crucified He said I have not come to you with the excellency of a man's speech Not a rhetoric gift But that your faith will stand in the power of God I came to you demonstrating power and spirit of God You see And he said we talk about wisdom I mean people talk about wisdom Wisdom of this age It has come to nothing He said I'm trying, just trying to paraphrase because of time He said look We talk about eating wisdom that is eating for us, but eating from them, which are without Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? And he said, if they had known this kind of wisdom, he said, ordained before the foundation of the world. He said, this kind of wisdom they don't know. If, if they have it, they will not have crucified the Lord of glory. He said, look, I'm telling you, as I have not seen, he has not heard, neither has he entered into the heart of man, what God has in stock for him. For God revealed them to us by the Spirit of God. The Spirit touches the things of God, the deep things of God. You see, hear the deep things of God. The Spirit searches the deep things of God. And those things are revealed to us by the Spirit of God. So now we have the inheritance, the blessing, the Holy Ghost in our life. That's why Bible says that we might receive the promise of the Father, which is the Spirit. I am rounding up. The last one is, you ought to be mindful of Him. Because He's mindful of us, you need to now decide today that you hold to be mindful of me. He said, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 to 5, they call Jeremiah, and I'm going to talk to you about that later. And then in chapter 29, verse 10 to 11, chapter 29, verse 10 to 11, let me just close with that. You see, For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you, and cause you to return to this place. Cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To so give you a future and a hope. You see that. And if he thinks good things towards you. What are you thinking towards him? Now, are you, are, you, are you ever concerned? Are you ever disturbed? Are you, do you ever want to be associated with him? Do you ever want to, you know, love him, love on him, you know, know his purpose for your life, pursue it? What is he thinking? What is thinking towards you? What is asked in his heart that he should be doing is his purpose for your life. I mean, God is thinking so well of you. God is thinking so well of you. You are the one seeing yourself in that mess, seeing yourself with that struggle, seeing yourself. God has seen you better, seeing you overcome, seeing you, you know, performing well, seeing you fulfill your purpose. And now he has commissioned you. I hope this bless you. God is madly in love with you. God is madly thinking of you. Madly. I I emphasize that word madly, uncontrollably, and unrepentantly. Just go ahead and begin to bless him. He's worthy of our praise. We know you have been blessed by the insight, petition of God's word, and impartation of God's spirit by Pastor Tokwe Awufisayo, brought to you by Communion Christian Center. For more information on how to be a partner and others, contact. 080-3585-8047 80 3585 or send a mail to admin at communioncc.org You can also download more messages for free at www.communioncc.org Remain blessed as you fulfill your destiny in Jesus name. Amen.